Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Okay, welcome back to Boiling Point, Dave. Your voice is sounding better. No, Already. I, 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 of course, the worse my voice gets, the better it is. Right. So um, when we introduce our next guest, I'm going to do it like a jazz, a jazz host. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. So, ladies and gentlemen, we bring to you tonight, 2 o'clock in the morning, the Nuclear Chowder Podcast. I mean, <laughs> Jazz Hour. How's that? That sound good? Uh, no. Are you going to ask me what nuclear chowder is? Yeah, tell me about nuclear chowder. Okay. Uh, my new friend, Mike Brooks, I met him uh, briefly at uh, NMX last January in Vegas. Right. Um, and maybe just for listeners that, that don't know. Yeah, that's the uh, the new media expo. So for for the world of bloggers and the world of podcasters and uh, video um, web video content creators, it's the place to be, really. It's a, it's, it's a great conference, a good networking experience, and right. uh, it's, uh, it's the motivation behind this particular podcast. Podcast. Right when I got back from Vegas, I called you and I said, we got to do a podcast. Right. Yes. So um, Mike is somebody who I uh, I respect a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I was a guest on one of his podcasts, Road to Ted, a while ago. And uh, this guy, just he's got his shit together a little bit when it comes to podcasting. Yeah. So uh, we want to pick his brain a little bit with that, but also we want to hear all about nuclear chowder. Right. So and well, in, in particular, I want to, I'm going to, I want to ask Mike about reputation management. Exactly. Yeah, I want to hear more about that. That's that's kind of an an interesting field, so uh, I'd love to learn a little more. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the microphone on the Boiling Point. This is Mike Brooks coming live from New York City. Mike, how are (laughs) you? What's uh, what's happening, man? I sound a little different the last time we spoke, eh? You do. And and you know what? I'm a big jazz fan, so there you go. (laughs) What's your your favorite uh, classic jazz uh, artist? Oh, Miles Davis. Miles. What, what a little like, bit of Duke Ellington, maybe? Yeah. I, you know, I like all that bebop era and all that stuff, man. That's Kind of Blue is like the one album that I would take to the moon if I had to go to the oh moon. Oh, my gosh. Now. Well, you know, you know, and then we go to the other side of the spectrum with Bitches Brew, which just oh. blows my brain every time I hear that album. I'm a drummer, so, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's amazing. Wait, I was. Wait. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. But Mike, Mike, where are you? Ca- where are we ca- catching you right now? Like, where are? Where in the world are you? I am actually in Southbury, Connecticut. Southbury, so Connecticut. Okay. You said New York. I'm about an hour and ten minutes out of New York. Okay. Okay. Right. Sorry for the uh, for the uh, misgeography, but um, no, you know, that's it, cool. I was I was in New York last week. I was too, so. Mike. And I, 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 just, I was just thinking this. Uh, I was there last week for shoot for three days, and. It's like Dino and Mike are somewhere close to here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah next Dino time I do down, that. Uh, in Jersey. In Jersey. Next time I do that, I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, making sure I, I reach out to you guys. So Dave knows uh, uh, knows Dino now because we actually had him as a guest, Mike, on this very podcast a while ago. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get. So let's let's just get this rolling, Mike. We want to hear. A little bit about you and nuclear chowder and uh, and the uh, your marketing background. So let, let's get a good introduction uh, right from the horse's mouth. Sure, sure. Well, I was born. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so where should I start? I, you know, I started as a, I owned a, I worked in IT when I graduated college. I, I got into the IT world to graduate with an IS degree. And at, after about 10 years of doing that, I got sick and tired of working and found, a, I, had, I belonged to a martial arts school and my instructor at the time had bought the school from the previous instructor and he was about to take it out of business. So I used that as my excuse to quit my day job and became partners with him to try and save the school. And my job, you know, my role as part owner was to market the business. So, you know, I, I immersed myself in everything marketing and ran that school with him for 10 years and, and built it up and about in six years into it, I started, you know, that was about 2004 when the internet was really starting to become an important thing, you know, to small businesses. They wanted to know how they get found in Google and people didn't know what to do and how to do it. And, uh, slowly but surely I, I'd have business owners in the area that knew what I was doing for my school, for my business, uh, hire me to consult with them. So by 2010, I had, uh, a consultancy, a full-time 
business that I was running as a marketing agency, digital marketing agency, and the ownership in the school. So decided at that point to sell my share back to him and started the offline marketing business. And uh, that's it. Haven't looked back since. That is awesome. That's incredible. So you, so you, it kind of found you versus the other way around. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Hey, what, so what, was, what, uh, you said martial arts. What, what, what art? Taekwondo. Oh, okay. Interesting. My son's in Taekwondo. He just absolutely loves it. Yeah. 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 Took a, started taking it when I was eight, 18 and, you know, now I'm, I maybe need a hip surgery or two, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm still kicking a little bit. Yeah, good. <laughs> um, so, so when you talk about the the um, nuclear chowder being, how do you describe a digital? Um, what do you say, digital marketing agency? Yeah, agency. I kind of explain it that way. You know, digital marketing agency because we really, you know, through the people that I have that I that work for me, um, and then friends that I've made, and and kind of have we can do anything. You know, so most of the time when somebody comes to me with a project, if we can't do it, we know somebody who we can refer to that we're confident in. So we kind of cover the whole spectrum of digital marketing from, you know, web design to search to social media to, you know, application development. And then of course, the one that Dave, that really popped out to Dave was reputation management. And yeah, was, I think we're both stoked to hear yeah, what, curious. what that's all about. Yeah, yeah I was very curious mm. to hear. Yeah, well, how, how do you describe, like, so how would a client come to you around, you know, and, and wanting support and reputation management? Like what would, what would be the indicators of that? And what, how does that, how does that service roll out? Generally, they have people who are looking for reputation management for the most part um, have a problem. And the problem is that, you know, when, when they get uh, Googled, all this bad stuff comes up for them. So uh, unfortunately, the way Google is now, and you never know what's going to happen with Google, they change all the time. Right. But, you know, if you put up all sorts of positive stuff out on the internet and you do all this content creation, you know, it's a slow process, takes time. But all you need is one person to put a bad review on you and boom, it pops right up to the top. Really? It's, yeah, yeah, it's very, uh, they love the negative stuff, uh, you know, and they, uh, they give a lot of credibility to it. And then you, you know, if you get into trouble with the media, I mean, if you're on like NBC News with your mugshot, yeah. you are gonna be plastered like three pages deep and you, you have to hire a reputation management company to try and push that stuff off of page one so that, wow. uh, yeah, you know, it's so interesting because we don't we we don't hear much of that or north of the border. Well, you know? or, or maybe we're unaware of it. Maybe we're just totally skipped. But but so you would have so so someone would have. I mean, it would be bad enough that they would come to you and say, "Look, I I I need your help. Like this is oh, yeah. this is not good." Oh yeah, yeah. The last actually, you know, I'm not going to go into who he is or what he did, um, but the last person, one of one of the people who's been a reputation management client for a while, who we're actually about to cut loose because we're we're done. Um, he's not a business. He's a person, and that's an interesting thing. A lot of you know businesses come to you, but uh, you, you, people come to us as well. So he was arrested for uh, doing something in public. That or he was accused of doing something that was going to get him in trouble legally. I'm not going to go into details of it, but he got arrested. Uh, somebody called the police on him. They thought he was doing something he wasn't doing, and it went to court. He was mortified, embarrassed. He didn't know what to do about it. He, you know, his lawyers were telling him, "You need to fight this." And he just, uh, you know, they, they it got dismissed out of court. So in the in the in the process of fighting it, it did get dismissed. But he didn't fight back against the media coverage that was there. You know, the news reported on it. He was in the newspaper. Of course, his mugshot's up there. Oh, geez. And by the time, you know, they don't realize, a person doesn't realize how dramatic of an impact anything negative like that has. You know, these news outlets have a lot of uh, power with Google. So it's really, really hard uh, to get them to move down in the rankings. So... You know, they, you know, a lot of times, by the time somebody comes to us, they've got a pretty big problem. Wow. What a, what an incredible service that is, Mike. That, that is really interesting because the power of, of uh, search engine results are something we weren't dealing with 10 years ago, right? Like yeah. this, is, this is a brand new landscape of business. Sure. Yeah. Well, you think about this person was, he was, everybody who went to hire him Googled him. 
and, and up pops pages and pages of all this negative stuff about his court cases and his crime. And, you know, even though it was dismissed, it wasn't reported that it was dismissed. It only gets reported when you get accused. It's very interesting. You learn how the media works. You know, if you're accused of a crime, it's cameras in your faces before you go to court. After you go to court, if you're innocent, you know, for the most part, they, they don't care anymore. Well, th- that's a really interesting topic in itself, Mike. <clears throat> Wonder what? Then th- there's a cultural discussion, but uh, you're you are in the world of um, uh, you know of, of monitoring content, uh, and, and you're 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 working in the space on the internet, and I work in the space of uh, of telling engaging stories. And Dave is an executive coach who, uh, by nature, is working with stories between people. But why is it that people want to consume? the negative so much. It's just something that I personally don't get because I do want to hear positive stories and consume positive stories, but it seems like the advertisers want to put their money behind stuff that is more exploitive. You know, what's your thoughts on that? There's, there's a psychological reason for that. And I can't explain it from a clinical point of view. I just know that every single one of us, whether we admit it or not, is more attracted to negative news than we are to positive news. We care more deeply about something. And and even the positive news has to have a negative twist to it. Hmm. When you think about it, look at the positive news as somebody overcoming something negative. That's just the way we are. We see something bad happening. We, we look, we're, we're just, it's, it's almost like an innate uh, embedded uh, thing in our genes that, that pulls us and none of us can help it. And everybody who says differently is, is either lying or just doesn't, realize it in themselves it's you know just way we are so what do you so mike what do we like what do you do or how do you support someone like this this guy you're describing um to to help turn the you know this this very negative thing that which i'm guessing had a huge financial impact uh and beyond with this guy How, how do you how do you help him turn that around well we just flood the internet with his content we, we start to control what he's doing. So, of course, you know, he gets a website, he gets a blog, he's putting, you know, we're putting postings, all sorts of stuff on social media. Um, we're, you know, doing the web, the same kind of search engine optimization we would do for any client to make sure. But it's a little different, you know, where your website is coming up. We might want to get his Yelp review site you know, listed higher. So we're, we're optimizing to a bunch of different things so that we can get everything negative that we don't control off that front page of Google. So, you know, tons and tons of pictures, videos, blog content, the galore, you know, the more, the better. Well, Mike, I I find this is a really good segue. Uh, When we're talking, like that is such an interesting niche. And I know you say that you're like a full service uh, digital marketing shop, But the fact that you you could probably build a business around that one very service. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. So, um, you know, when, when it comes to uh, the, the type of guests that we bring on our, uh, our podcast to date, we Dave and I have found a lot of inspiration just on how we're going to craft and build this podcast in itself. And when I told Dave uh, a little bit about you, Mike, I was like, this guy knows how to podcast. You know, he's got the, uh, yeah, the business podcasters podcast, you know, Tribe on Triber. You've got the Nuclear Chowder uh, podcast. You've got uh, The Road to Ted. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we want to pick your brain a little bit about um what the purpose of podcasting is from a marketing perspective and why more businesses should really be thinking about doing you know stuff like this, bringing great value into the microphone and sharing it with, with audiences who could potentially be customers or just sharing for the sake of sharing and motivating, inspiring the community. Uh, so, yeah, we want to pick your brain. We want to hear uh, your thoughts on the world of podcasting and, uh, and maybe we can uh, we can pivot a little bit about what we're, what we're doing as we, uh, as we move forward. So, yeah, why don't you explain to us a little bit about your world in uh, in podcast land. Okay, yeah, you know, I started. <clears throat> excuse me, I started podcasting way back in 2006. I started experimenting with it very early on. Uh, before, you know, back back when it was on a on a you know uh, one of the little uh, uh, pod. And I all I think about is iPod. Yeah, iPod. That's what it was. The iPod. I don't even know what that is anymore. I know. It's so funny. Right? Like, I had to think about that. What is it? I just found mine. 80 gigs. I found mine that I bought like seven years ago. 80 gigs. Not not solid state. But, you know, that, that was really happening, man. My full music library was on that thing. 
Yeah, they're obsolete. <laughs> they're almost obsolete now yeah. uh, because of smartphones. And, and that has created an explosion uh, for podcasters. And I'll, I'll get back to that in a, in a moment. But, you know, I started podcasting because really, uh, well, a couple reasons. You know, I was told I have the face for radio. So I decided that <laughs> I should podcast. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's all about content. And, and back when, when I first started this stuff, uh, you know, to, to help my martial arts school, what we did was create a ton of content. You know, um, and, and it was not only for the search engines, you know, at that time we didn't always, you know, we, we did, you could do a lot of gaming of things on the, on the search engine. So you didn't need to be content based. I think these days, everybody knows if you want a search strategy, it's gotta be content based. But even back, back then it wasn't necessarily content. Wasn't the most important thing. You could put garbage up there and, and optimize for yourself. So, um, the content had a, a, another important use that I think as SEO and search optimization got more proliferated, people lost. And that is the consumer wants to consume content, you know, and, and they always have and they always will. And the Internet just created this whole new opportunity for people to be their own publisher. In, in, and my belief was that you should be in every uh, medium. So video, audio written and you could take one piece of content and, and cover that whole spectrum. YouTube, all the video channels were a huge, huge opportunity for businesses to, you know, become content creators on that network, you know, almost like, uh, like, you know, you're an actor, you know, you're an entertainer. You had a huge opportunity for businesses where they could put all that, you know, a different way of looking at you on online and podcasting just, was was really attractive at first because it was just another avenue to get found for right it's good content so with the user in mind but if you google on our school or you google on martial arts you may come up with itunes as one of the options and you know people go there and go oh wow they've this is pretty interesting and nobody knew what even podcasts you know half the well more than half probably most people didn't know what itunes was when we first started doing it, they weren't using it the same way. They weren't downloading podcasts. You know, well, they knew what iTunes was, but they weren't using, you know, they had no idea what a podcast was. So, but it's, it's cool. You know, they come up with this and they, they see this in the search results and it's just more credibility, more content, more chance we have of, you know, building rapport with our customer. And, and that's why it's so important, right? Is the goal for a business is to get a customer's attention and keep a customer's attention and then take that relationship to the next level so that they really, really get to know you on a personal level. And we do business with people we know, like, and trust. That's a fact. We like, you know, the referral is the strongest type of business you're ever going to get. It's mm -hmm. the easiest to get because mm -hmm. it's trust-based. So the, this, this, this tool and podcasting more than anything allows us to build that connection with our listeners, because when you think about a podcast, what it is, they're plugged into you in your ears for an hour, you know, they're, it's very, very personal. And, and when you can get that kind of personal uh, relationship where you're kind of having dialogue back and forth, and even though they're not talking to you, there's still, there's still that dialogue going on where they're agreeing with you, disagreeing with you. Th those ideas are flowing back and forth. You can change people's minds, you know, and, and you can connect with people in a way that you can't with almost any other medium. It's very, very personal. And have you, and have you noticed that from the get go? I mean, like as you, I mean, is that feedback you've been getting from your customers or, I mean, do you have this experience where people feel like they know you probably better than they do as a result of listening to podcasts? Oh, definitely. Well, it's a different dynamic, right? So when you, when you get somebody on your email list, you know, what email open rates are like 20%, right? They read the email and then the email's gone or right. they go and read a blog post and then they're gone. When somebody downloads your podcast, it gets pushed to them. You know, if they have the player and they subscribe to you, it gets pushed to them every week. They see the new podcast or every day, whatever your schedule is, and they're going to listen to it. And if they, they find you for the first time, they may, they may listen to 20 hours of podcasts and it's just, it's just so, so different. Um, so right there, so tangible that it, it just, I think it's 
way more powerful and impactful than any other medium. You know, they're listening to you for longer. They're, they're just, they're, they're, and it's like, you're right there. You're in their head. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, it's interesting because uh, <clears throat> through experience with Mike's podcast, Road to Ted, perfect example. And before I met Mike and Dino, I listened to all their podcasts. So you felt like you really so knew them. What I felt like I knew these guys, yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I, I know uh, their intricacies. I know that uh, Dino's going to drop an F-bomb, and yeah. I, I know <laughs> Mike's going to have a really nice now. microphone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, like I started to know these guys as characters, and then when I get to talk to them, I, was, I, I felt like they're buddies. Right, you know? right. Now, flip, flip side, I'm sure they saw, I thought I was just some Yahoo from Canada that uh, keeps on bugging them about stuff. But, no know. way, man. We, we, we enjoyed you. Actually, your interview, the interview we did with you, I think, is like the po- most popular interview. Man. Get out. Yes. Hey, that's yeah. all. And, 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 and I actually had a quality voice at that time. Yeah, I was going to say before <laughs> the rap <Rasmus> voice. <laughs> well, the other thing that I picked up at uh, the New Media Expo, Mike, was <clears throat> um, I can't remember the statistics exactly, but you, you might. Um, when we're talking about bloggers, there are hundreds and millions, I don't know, maybe even billions of blogs out there. When it comes to podcasters, there's... I don't know, like certainly less than a million podcasts yeah. on iTunes indexed. Like something like 250,000. 250,000, that's nothing. Yeah. So, and uh, people I, are and I, may be, I mean, that may be changed and that may be different, but I think at one point, you know, last year, early January, probably that was, and, and of course all statistics are made up, so. Right, yeah, exactly. There's, but it's a, it's a neat point, the, the fact that the people who are subscribing and listening are already invested. They're already bought in. Yeah. Um, where blogs, you know, you'll just go through blogs left, right, and center. You won't, you'll read one sentence or the headline, and you continue. You have an opportunity um, for a captive audience, unlike anything else. It seems with yeah. podcasting. Well, people become fans. Yeah. They become fans. And the same thing can be said for a blog. I mean, if you get, there's some blogs where they become, people become fans, they come back, but it's just something about, to me, a podcast is the next best thing to being in the person's living room and having a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. Even over video, you know, video is great. Um, and, and it's, it's up there too, but to me, podcasting, man, they plug that, they plug those earphones in their ears, you know, they're listening, it's audio. So they're creating the visual themselves and that's powerful. It's just, they're, they're plugged in, they're listening to it and, and you're, it's like an opportunity every time they connect to that podcast, you're teaching them, you're sharing your life with them, you're building a rapport with them. And it's just, as they listen more and more, they're just going to think you're the authority. You know, they're going to, they're going to think that you're the one you're the go-to person. You're the trust per- that you've got the trust. You've got all that stuff that happens that you, it's just magic. That's what you want as a marketer, right. as a, as a business, you want these things to happen. So, yeah, you know, and I don't, I'm, I'm one of those people that said that doesn't tell everybody to podcast. You know, I'm, I'm, I think it's, uh, I think it's something everybody should consider, but not everybody, not everybody should do it, believe it or not. Same thing with video. And the reason is, is just some people are bad on video and some people are bad at on audio and you need to be honest with yourself or have somebody be honest with you and say, listen, you're, you're annoying on, you know, I can't listen to you. You're unlistenable. Mike hasn't told me that yet. Yeah. This is, this is very important, Mike. We want, this is really important. Okay. So I want to, I want to, want to ask you a question, uh, get some advice from you, uh, for us on this. Um, and, and we're open to all feedback because maybe one of us is annoying and it's me. That's okay. Um, but I, you know, there's a really interesting point you bring up here. Um, and it's, and, and Greg mentioned earlier, I'm a, I'm a coach, uh, and I do business coaching and the first, you know, and, and so we, uh, most of uh, our coaching engagements, we have a group of coaches and we work with leaders like pretty much all around North America. Um, they tend to be in this region more than not, but um, we do a lot of coaching over the phone. And when I first heard about this, you know, whatever, nine years ago, 10 years ago, I thought that's crazy as if that's going to work. And then someone coached me for the first time. I hired a coach and I was amazed by the power of, of, of this. Um, Cause I, and often people say, well, you know, do you Skype? Do you see, you know, do you do FaceTime? And, and, and I said, there's something, and as I've learned, as we've been delivering the service, there's something very intimate about talking with someone over the phone. And, you know, you mm-hmm. just said something that kind of caught my, I, I never thought of it like this, you know, it helps people create their own visual 
And yeah. I think that's a really important point. Yeah. And so, so we'll literally have relationships one-on-one for six, nine, 12 months, two years. And sometimes you've never actually physically saw, like met the person. So I, it just, I think there's, a, I think there's a bit of a parallel there to podcasting. Um, so, so for, from, if you, if we put on your, your marketing hat and um, I think you're, you know, somewhat familiar with what we're, we're, we've started here and with a bowling point, um, what are, what's some advice you could give us to make sure Sure, we're hitting the mark or being most effective with our well, you know just listening to you guys here i mean i think you guys both have what it takes to be a podcaster right and, and there's it doesn't take a whole lot not to undercut it but the, the key thing i look for is and when i tell people on video and on audio if it sounds like you're smiling then it's all good Nice. And that's that's the key. It doesn't matter if your voice, you know, the voice, having a radio voice is, is one whatever. It, it's like it, having a voice that connects is what's important. So if you come across and, and that's what I get from you guys is that if, it, to me, the visual is that you're both smiling and you're having a good time and you're enjoying yourselves. And that passes through mm. and the and audience will enjoy it. I, I, just an example, you know, I had a, a moving company that I worked with many years ago and we were going to do vi- uh, some videos and the owner was the one I wanted to do the videos with. But he wanted to have his sales guy do it because he thought his sales guy knew the mo- most about it. And, uh, you know, you know, I went, talked to the sales guy and he was great. He was explaining things to me. I'm like, man, you're going to be perfect on video. Soon as we rolled, it was like he was talking to talking at the camera, like oh, he was scolding man. and he got this, you need to do, you know, point almost like pointing. I'm like, no, <laughs> we, can't, we can't use this crap. You know, it's, it's garbage because he's scolding people. Unless you're a politician, you have to, you know, you can't be yelling and scolding and uh, polarizing. You have to, you have to be. Uh, enjoyable. Like, a, like we want to think about what you want to connect with as a person, who you want to be a friend with, you know, people, everybody has that, that charisma has got to come through. So to me, you guys have that charisma and that's all that matters. You know, the rest is just have fun with it because the podcasts have to be, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, it's great to have a structure and, and I, you guys do have a structure, which is perfect. Uh, it's great to be, you know, the, you, you want to send out your podcast into the world at a regular time every week. You know, if you say you're going to do it at 10 o'clock on every Tuesday, do it at 10 o'clock every Tuesday. I'm guilty of not doing that myself. That's good advice. It's a bad, you know, it's a, listen, people are creatures of habit. So if they know we, we do it, you know, every week we release it at this time on this day, you'll build your audience, you'll build a bigger audience. It's just, you will. So, you know, do all those little mechanical things that you got to do. But at the end of the day, uh, it, it's the charisma that really makes things happen. You know, have fun. Yeah. Well, I, I like what you say there, Mike, because... <clears throat> When we're talking about building relationships and trust, it's all about getting to know the people in an authentic way. And that's what Dave and I are. We're, we're, we're previous to sitting in this booth, we're old buddies and we engage each other on business levels as well. Uh, we're talking right now with you if you're in the room with us drinking a beer, right? Yeah. And I think that is the power of podcast. Now, the, the, question, exactly. the question I have is, you know, naturally, Dave and I, uh, certainly Dave is an executive coach and myself as a filmmaker, we our excitement is not really even knowing what our topic's going to be. We have conversations with people like you, and the conversation goes places. Now, yeah. another school of thought is being super niche, super targeted. Your audience knows exactly what they're going to get, and that's why they come back. And we might be conflicted with that because we, we don't really know. So with the marketing hat back on, um, what would you say about our podcast? Because what we what – we, advertise it as is uh, we're the podcast for entrepreneurs, movement makers, and disruptors. And all it is is conversations with these people. And it's really interesting. It's very broad. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And and it really, you know, it, what makes it, it's, and you know this, Greg, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but what, what makes a great show you know, like a great sitcom, a great sitcom, you, you really can't bottle that and say, here's the formula, go out and do it. You, you know, the greatest shows, like like what Seinfeld was probably almost canceled, right? Like in its first season, I think right. it was, did terribly in its first season, but it was like considered, widely considered the best show on TV. But, you know, while it was great, people had to kind of get used to it and figure out what it was all about. Mm. So, you know, I don't know that there's any f- secret formula for for creating 
that great thing, you know, like John Lee Dumas, for example, he's one who has a very rig, reg, regimented, structured format. Like every show is exactly the same from a format perspective. Mm-hmm. He asks the same questions, but it works for him, you know, and, and other people trying to emulate that and it doesn't work for them. It makes sense. Like yeah, yeah. you gotta, gotta be true to yourself. And Oprah is Oprah, right? Oprah is great because she's Oprah and somebody else comes in and does Oprah and they're somebody else doing <laughs> Oprah. They're not great. It's just not that. So you have to find where you're um, going to shine. And, and I think you guys have found it. You know, you know, you know, you're, you've got a format, you know what you're, what you want to accomplish and just keep doing that, you know, and your show is going to evolve and change naturally. You guys will get a feel for what's working or what's not, especially with, uh, one of the th- one of the key things is dependent on your guests because you're a guest, right? You have a guest every show. That's right. So if, if your guest is terrible, like today, then <laughs> your show is going to be terrible. <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know, it'll take the whole thing down. So, you, you know, that's part of it too. Is you know, selecting good, really good guests. The stronger the guest, the better the show is going to be. But you guys have good rapport. You know, you can feel it, and, and that's you know, just just stick to your my my best advice for you is is stay. Um, Stay focused on consistency, and that means do, recording it and releasing every whatever. So whatever you say you're going to do. Right. Um, and again, like John Lee Dumas decided he was going to be a daily podcast. And, and I don't know if your listeners are familiar. He, he has his podcast is Entrepreneur on Fire, and it's like the top business podcast. He makes Boku money, and everybody wants to be John Lee now because he came in and said there was a hole in the market. There's no daily podcast. I'm going to be a daily podcast. Well, now there's a daily podcast, so nobody's going to create that same lightning in a bottle that John did. And John's got a great personality. He's, his structure works for his personality. and, and But he's, you know, the consistency of it is what... I think is, is really, really important in the podcasting world. And I'm totally guilty of it. I've been really bad at recording podcasts every week. Uh, but I, I think you got to have at least a, your, your listeners have to know when your podcast is coming, the more you release, the more you're going to get in front of them and the more opportunities you're going to give them to listen. There's, there's a lot of people who will tell you like my buddy Cliff Ravenscraft, who is the podcast answer man will tell you, uh, don't do a daily show despite, you know, the success of that person who has, uh, other people will tell you it's gotta be daily, but you know, that consistency in your, your release, your brand, your branding, your voice, uh, that's, what's going to make your show, your show. Now that may change over time in your voice, in, in how you deliver your podcast. You're just going to fall into that rhythm and you'll, you'll grow, right? You're going to be like, this works so well, let's keep doing this. And, and it just takes, it keeps, it keeps evolving. So don't be afraid of letting that happen. But you know, that's, that's my advice is just consistency, you know? Yeah. Well, and you know, in the piece I'm hearing too, which I think aligns with Greg and I really nicely is the idea that you got to be authentic. You got to be you. Um, you start getting away from who you are, then, you know, it's just not going to work. Right. Sure. Um, like similar to, and you must see this, Greg, eh? when you'll, you'll be, you'll probably have this great rapport with someone and then you stick a camera up and all of a sudden they change. They're not them. The yeah. energy gets sucked right out of them. It's, yeah. Like, you, yeah. you must see that in a regular Oh yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. It's fascinating. Why? how that happens you know some people just can't act they're just not actors right like an actor a person who has that ability to perform i think there's something about it like i can get up in front of a group and i can be the same i'll be the same in front of a group of people that i'll be with on not in front of a group of people i just i have the ability to act the same right right? Yeah, and some yeah. people just don't. They get stiff. They get, they get, you know. Well, probably because they think, they think they're pressured that they have to act. Because <laughs> what yeah. you're saying, Mike, is the Mike Brooks in the, in the podcast room, the Mike Brooks on stage, the Mike Brooks as a, you know, as a vendor is the same guy. Yeah, just yeah. as annoying in any forum <laughs> I love that it. you meet me in. No, here's something interesting about um, our part of the world is there's not too many people doing podcasts in Atlantic Canada. Yeah. Uh, when Dave and I talk to people about podcasting, people might say, well, what's your ROI on that? You know? So for me, I just, one of my ROIs is, is truly education. Talking to you today, Mike. You know, you're inspiring me. Uh, you know, I'm learning from you. Mm-hmm. What I want to do for our guests who are listening to us from all over the world and the universe as we speak mm-hmm. <laughs> is allow them to have value as well, right? And yeah. uh, in, in the conversations that we have. Um, so w- one of the one of the things, the tactical ROI questions would be, well, what's the point? 
<clears throat> and let me give you what I think the point is, but then I want you to either put holes in it or, um, or you know, correct me. Sure. <clears throat> I feel that marketing in today's age is not about pushing your message out to everybody and, sl- you know, slamming it over their face and uh, this sort of thing. I think it's about developing, um, well, I guess we'll use the word tribes, developing people who uh, are part of your community, who... Uh, want to have what you what you have want to be part of your friend group essentially and doing a podcast is a really great way of doing that is building a community or building a tribe which then might not turn into immediate sales but it turns into fantastic uh, brand evangelism and that's the answer I give to people when they say well why are you investing in this you're not doing it from to make money I'm like no of course not we're doing this to share some really good conversations with people what's your thoughts on that Mike well, you're, you're, you're right, but I'm going to punch some holes in it a little bit and not, not punch holes in it, but expand your mind on it a little bit, but you're, you're at the, at its core level. And that's what this is really all about is at the end of the day is being a good teacher. You are, you're teaching people, whatever, you know, you're teaching people about life. You're teaching people about doing better in business. You're, you have that teaching philosophy, right? You're not just talking and, and, you know, exchanging dirty jokes and being silly. You're, you're doing this so that you expand people's minds. So you're coming to it as a teacher and and that's what, that's, that's, that there's so much value in that. You know, I got early on, I had one, number one, I had a person that hired me right from my podcast. So there is an ROI, even if you don't, go looking for an ROI. And the reason he hired me is he, I interviewed, um, a person who is another blogger who he was a fan of. So he saw my podcast because he was a fan of this other person that I interviewed. So this person brought him to my audience and is a big name, you know, speaker in the social media world. He, um, he, he doesn't do what I do. So I wasn't competing with him. He was, but he looked for what I was doing and he found it through this guy who directed him to my podcast. He listened to all my podcasts and was like, this is a guy I got to hire this guy. Now, the reason he gets to that point, that's a, that is a direct ROI example. They they don't always happen that way, Mm -hmm. but what happens and this happens in the world of search is you, um, you, you want a plumber and you want the best plumber. So what you do is you go and ask all your friends who knows a plumber. You may go on Facebook, who's got a plumber? And uh, then you fix your toilet or whatever. So you don't need a plumber anymore. But then it breaks like three weeks later and you can't remember what everybody was talking about. So you go to Google now and you you find the guy who you were looking for and you you the, a person recommended him. You, want, you go to his website, then you go to his social media and then you go, oh, wow, he's got a blog and he does this. Now you've used all those things have, so, have really sold him to you because there's so much out there. You call him up and he asks how you found, you found him and you say, my buddy referred you. Okay, so the ROI isn't there for anything else, right? And wrong. It's a big cumulative effect, right? right? You have, you have, they're going to bounce from website to social to everywhere to learn about you. Now, where I'm going to punch a little bit holes in it is if you're not getting an ROI, you're not selling in your, in your podcast, Right. You can only get an, a return on investment if you're if you're actually measuring it. And, and some most people don't know how to measure it and they don't approach it from a sales point of view. What is it you're selling? You know, does your podcast support support what you're selling or is it just some, you know, fun yeah. getting in front of the microphone? I think that's a great point, because uh, for both of us, we are engaged with stories as an executive coach, as a documentary filmmaker, commercial filmmaker. It, excuse me. It's all about stories and conversations, so it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, and and, and for <clears throat> actually for me, it's an it's an interesting extension of a. Uh, I, I do a business column where I interview leaders, um, and uh, what's this, you know f- to learn. But it's interesting as you know you look at the accumulative effect of, of the different things you do. You know you can I think I think as you're describing, Mike, you can start pointing back to how business comes right, and it's not always like that direct ROI yeah. right where the person actually read this and called you or or listened to this and called you. Um, I gotta I, so. So completely different off the track uh, question here. Um, Where did you come up with the name nuclear chowder? Oh, it's a pattern interrupt. 
So, you know what a pattern interrupt is? I think so. I don't. All right. So, <laughs> so I first discovered these, that they worked real great teaching martial arts, yeah. right? Kids are running around the school making noise. And, and we used to, we used to, I mean, we did a, listen, I, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but we went from being a school of, uh, you know, 50 people to being a school of over 300 people. And we quite quintupled or whatever, like 10 times the income we were making. Um, and and we, we did a very good job of getting the word out about events specifically. You know, we discovered how to market the school and what really sold. And we would have like 160 kids in, in our school for like a spring carnival, you know, and, and that's, and I'm actually going to, now that I'm talking about, it, I'm going to redirect it back to ROI, but I'll turn around and come back to the story. You know, when you, if you want ROI in your podcast, you have to have something to measure. Right. So we always had a, and a system, right? We had a system and we had a measurement, measurement tools to tell if things were working. Mm-hmm. So like if you're, if you're going to know if your podcast is working, have an offer just for your listeners and uh, keep measuring that, keep hitting them with different offers. But, um, you know, essentially, man, I forgot the question. Now when uh, pa- I shouldn't pattern, have gone off the track. No, no, on pattern, pattern interrupt. Pattern interrupt. Yeah, yeah. see, I interrupted my own pattern. <laughs> yeah. right, so. so you got all these kids in the, in the school running around going crazy and you got to get them to listen to you. And what we used to do is use pattern interrupts and, and the parents, it was such a great selling proposition because we'd, we'd condition the kids, like the parents would drop the kids off. The kids are running around. Right. And, uh, as they're dropping them off, they're signing them, you know, they're signing a waiver. So we're getting their contact info. Then they leave and we got the kids for like, you know, an hour and a half at this party, Christmas party or Halloween party or whatever. And the parents are leaving going, ha ha, have fun, have fun with these little devils. You know, like they're going out on their parent dates. And, and then what we do is we go, all right, kids, everybody, what I want you to do is stand still. And when I go like this, we'd go, we'd go two claps. Everybody stand at attention. Right. And we'd condition them so that when they heard us clap twice, it would interrupt their pattern hmm. and a pattern interrupter. You know, Tony Robbins explains it as like just getting somebody's attention, right? Anthony Robbins did a, and one of his CDs, I think he talks about where he met a girl and this girl was crying and she was, you know, horror, like she had uh, having problems with her husband. She's crying. So he throws water in her face and she's like, Whoa, wait, what did you do that for? And he goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Just continue. And she starts crying again as she gets into the story and she he keeps doing it, throwing water in her face. And it, it's a pat, it, it interrupts that pattern of behavior. Right. So by the time the kid, the parents would come back to the school, right. to pick the kids up and the kids would be running around and then we would go clap. Somebody would clap twice and all the kids would snap to attention and you could hear it like the snaps where they hit themselves. You know, they, they, they put their hands on their hips and right. the parents would, Whoa, where do I sign my kid up? So that's what the name is, is, a uh, is really a pattern interrupt the card. If you see my card, it's bright red, uh, bright orange. It's got like this green bowl with the nuclear cloud coming out of it. And people see it when I hand it to somebody at a networking event, people look at it and they look twice and then they smile and they go, wait, what? Well, now in that moment, they're paying attention to me. Right. Right. So, uh, and that's allows me to give a little marketing lesson of, it's all about attention. Oh, so. my God. It works, man. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Oh, no. And I love the story <clears throat> behind that, too. That's yeah. Hey, watch this. Yeah, d- 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 Dave went perfectly. Uh, <laughs> my attention. <laughs> and, 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 and for the record, I, I, do, I, I do have a big jar of water I was going to say, I knew you were looking at the water. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Well, Mike, listen, this has been awesome. Um, uh, Dave, you, you might have a, a, a closing question for Mike. Uh, I, I personally, just you know, selfishly, I'm just so glad we got to pick your brain about this, the, the topic of podcast, because right. I believe in this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I consume yeah. it. It's, I try it's to important share it. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, completely. We have, you know, I'll leave you on this. Uh, well, I'll, I'll add a final question for myself. Is that <laughs> this, what you just said, Greg, this is, and you said this before, you talked about this before the stats, and maybe I should have said this way back. Um, the fact is that there's gazillions of people on YouTube. I think there's like hundreds and thousands of videos posted on YouTube, like every minute. It's a noisy place. Uh, you can't, there's no such thing as a viral video without, a little effort behind it. Uh, but podcasting has a very small footprint. However, what's happening in the podcasting world, you know, first of all, smartphones revolutionized it. The, the apps, the native app on the, t- you know, the right on the front of the phone is the podcasting app, but Apple is going to have Apple radio. 
they're pushing to get Apple Radio in, in cars. Stitcher Radio, which is the other big podcast network, is already in vehicles. There has, and there a few people have said this, a few important people in the world of podcasting, uh, there has never been an opportunity that they know of for content creators in an industry where there is such a voracious appetite for content, but so few people creating content. So on that, I know we're gonna, I know we're gonna sign off in a few seconds here, but um, what, what I'm, that just gets me curious. Like, what is it? What is stopping people from podcasting? In your opinion, it's it's just new. You know, it's like I mean, there was a point where people weren't on YouTube as many people weren't there. You know, as many content creators were there. You think about the evolution of these things. You know, the first adopters, the early adopters, are the tech heads, and the you know, then all of a sudden everybody starts knowing what YouTube is. But still, people are slowly but surely creating content. And before long, everybody's creating content. They're just snapping content with their phones, and it's it's all over the place. Well. Podcasting takes a little bit more effort. That's what one. I was wondering. Yeah, okay. You know, to yeah. get to create a podcast, you've got some work to do, right? You've got to go and you've got to get a, a blog that or a place to host your podcast, and you've got to have feeds uh, leading into a blog, and you've got to publish this stuff with. You know, there, there's there's just stuff to do. You have to apply for Apple. You have to apply to Stitcher, and you know, listen. At the end of the day, they can yank your pot you know apple's very tough on publishers too they, they they'll yank you if you're not playing nice like i don't know if you guys i know you guys dropped a a swear word before i don't know if you guys are explicit you have to have yeah the explicit on your on your thing if, or else you can't swear you got to bleep them or they'll you know, if they find it they'll yank you you know without, without warning you hmm is really nice so it's you know there is that barrier to entry whereas with youtube there's not now that's going to change it's going to become easier and easier to publish uh, just like the ease of consuming a podcast really the smartphone was the was the thing that drove podcasting listenership off the charts because now you can download a podcast app People are learning more about what a podcast is. Now you have every TV show has a fan podcast practically. There's all, all these mainstream people are creating podcasts. It's part of, it's going to become more and more over the next few years, easier to consume, easier to create. And there will be at some point, everybody will have a podcast, right? And, and, but now that's not the case. There is a need for content. So if you see what has happened to some people on, on YouTube, this could happen. This is now the time for this to happen on podcasts. And this is the time to get in while the getting in's good. Oh, I'm, nice. I'm, I'm really glad you asked me to do this, Greg. <laughs> yeah. Mike's helping me really understand the opportunity. I mean, you explained it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. no offense, but you know. He, well, you know what? I, when like, I went to NMX, I didn't go because I wanted to go to podcasting. I went because I'm a video content creator. Right. And I came back wanting to podcast. So yeah. it's all about sharing this great wealth. And Mike, thank you for being an incredible sharer of uh, yeah, of, of this of this great content. And uh, My pleasure. And thanks for being a disruptor too, you know, and a, and a pattern interrupter. <laughs> yeah, that, there you go. New Now you got to add pattern interrupter to your... Uh... Exactly. And <laughs> one last thing, Mike, why don't you just let our uh, listeners know uh, how to get in touch with you and what, uh, what podcasts and blogs to to follow uh, and Twitter, et cetera, for you. Sure. Uh, my basically just go to nuclearchowder.com and that will lead you over to, uh, to my site. And I believe if you go to, I'm going to type it in cause I can't remember. I know it's so easy that I should be able to remember. And when I say it, you'll, you'll be like, Oh, dummy is uh, nuclearchowder.com slash social. Yeah. Yeah. It worked. So if you go to that, if you go to nuclearchowder.com slash social, it has all my social media. So you can find me uh, wherever you want to find me. And uh, I'm very accessible. And that's one of the cool things. And one of the p last piece of advice I'll give you guys and anybody else who's podcasting is um, connect with your audience. You know, when your audience connects with you, this is Cliff Ravenscraft gave me this piece of advice. And it's the best advice is, on how to build an audience is when somebody reaches out to you, get back to them, give them a call, pick up the phone, call them, email them. So I put all that stuff out there. Anybody can get in touch with me and I do get back to everybody, hmm. you know, and, and people are shocked. At that. <laughs> it's human, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's such a secret. Just be human. <laughs> yeah. So everything's out there. It's like my phone number's out there. My, you know, my, my emails are out there. Everything's out there uh, on that page. Mike, this has been fantastic, man. Thank you so much. And uh, we're going to do a really quick uh, recap and uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you out there in uh, the podcast sphere. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Pleasure really nice to be meeting here. you. Take care, Same Mike. Bye-bye.
Wow. Where do you think of that? Oh, very cool. <laughs> He's a real educator, eh? And that's what, that's what he said. And when we're talking about ROI, what is it that we're doing right now? <clears throat> we are sharing interesting conversations um, with people that we are learning from, right? So essentially, we are educating our listeners through allowing them to be part of these conversations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what he's saying is and that is a, a very powerful way to um, attract people to your brand Absolutely. and attract people to, you know, wonder what it is that Dave Vale is up to. What's Greg up to? Who are these people? Well, podcasting is a great way to showcase that. Well, and this idea of, of you know, letting people uh, or, or helping people know you, right, um, versus just a picture they might see on your website or whatever. I mean, this whole the whole piece that he describes around, you know, you're right in someone's ears. And and as he's as he's talking, he's right in my ear. And I'm thinking, like, I feel like I know the guy. Right. Yeah. So and yet I've never I, I couldn't even tell you what he looks like. Um, I mean, I, I just think it's and, and it, in a way it seems like such a. Um, uh, uh, you know, kind of a intuitive, you know, natural way of connecting with people that somehow we've overlooked, yeah. you know, um, you know, because we're so focused on all these other ways to... to on, on quick snippets, right? Because that's the big thing. Twitter and texting quick, and all quick, this kind quick, of stuff, quick. right? And, uh, and yet, you know, this idea that it, it almost go, it's counterintuitive in a way that people actually download a bod podcast and listen to it for 40 minutes like mm. I mean I just when I first heard about that I thought really will people do that I know I like listening to podcasts but do others right so yeah, just a very good reminder so so for people out there listening that are in our space or, or in their you know in a space where they want to be reaching I mean hopefully uh, reaching out to a, a broader community hopefully they, they got lots of good tips from Mike uh, yeah. in terms of all the reasons to and it sounds like you know and I'll thank you for getting me involved in this podcast I mean, this is a really good time to be almost pioneering. hundred percent. Right? And we're, we're eight or nine episodes in right now. And before uh, long, we're going to... Ten, ten. ten. There Eleven. you go. 11, 12, 13. We are going to be able to take calls and emails, too, to help other people get into podcasting. And uh, we've got our, our, our silent but uh, but uh, uh, awesome uh, producer, Matt, who is on the, in, you know, on the other side of our earphones right now. Yep. He's really figuring out the back end, the, the feed burners, the Stitcher radio, right. the iTunes. Right. Uh, he's the one that figured out how to put the explicit sign on one of our podcasts where Dino Dogan dropped the F-bomb, uh. you know? So those things, you got to figure that out. Thank There's you, work. Thank you, Matt, for that. <laughs> There's work. But right. to do it right, right. you know, it, it's worth the investment. So listen, thank you, everybody, for listening to us. And, uh, you know, spread the word. Subscribe. Go to iTunes. Subscribe. Rate us. Uh, check out our Facebook, uh, Boiling Point Podcast. Our like Twitter us. is, um, is uh, Boiling Point Pod. <laughs> I can't even talk. Goodness sake, listen to this voice. We're getting there, though, right? Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. Oh, God you. bless you all. We'll see you next time. All right, buddy. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.